friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastic worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with unabashedly unctuous Chris Prunty. And our special guest today is Daniel Quinn. Daniel, glad to have you back from London. How was it? It was very That's great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like out anyway. Of course. <laughs> On today's episode, we are talking about historical figures in the land of a thousand gods. Now, if everyone did their homework, Chris, I'm expecting each of us to come to the table with at least two historical figures. We're going to talk about their importance and we're going to try and world build some stuff to make them, you know, hopefully there's some hooks and cool stuff that we can talk about. So, Daniel, I believe that because, you know, you've been gone for so long, tell us a little bit about your trip and then go right into your historical figure. One thing I learned is that in London, the alcohol is really, really cheap. Really? Like, crazy cheap, guys. That's just because it's, you're not, you. that's because you're not used to, like, a happy hour situation because Boston doesn't yeah. have oh. happy hour. But, guys, you can go into, like, a Tesco and get, like, a 500 milliliters, I guess it is, of cider for $2.50. So, that's in, pretty in U.S. dollars, it's, like, $3. That seems $3. That's insane. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Okay. So you spent the entirety of your London trip sloshed out of your goddamn mind, is what you're telling me. That's the only way to do it. It's so cheap. Why would you not? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So d- please tell me about your Bacchanalian figure that you've created <laughs> for this week's episode. Go ahead. Surprisingly, I guess this guy wouldn't drink, but I was thinking about the frozen north, the frozen wastes, where we had that uh, kind of cult that uh, worships the... Um, the god behind the portal. And so I was thinking about who would be their cult leader. Shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and now I wanted to leave it open-ended, but my thinking was that this cult leader um, obviously is attracting people so that they can go and face the god behind the portal or at least have doppelgangers pop out of it. Right. So a few qualities I thought would be important of this cult leader would be, one, he himself is probably a doppelganger, but people don't really know. He probably sincerely believes something good is going on over there and has a sincere belief in whatever his religion is. Mm-hmm. And three, that people must know him far and wide um, as someone you can go to to have some sort of revelation. Okay. But so, beyond that, it's up in the air for me. Shit. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> Chris, it sounds like you... Uh, uh, oh, what, what Prophet you of the portal. Damn We can merge them together. Let's merge them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, okay, just because there's overlap doesn't mean that they're the same person, yeah. first of all. So, Chris, I had a segue into Daniel's, but why don't you go ahead and hit me with that? <laughs> so, I had Prophet of the Portal. Uh, the name that I came up with was uh, Matthew Calmate. Mm-hmm. And one of the historic things that he's behind, or the historical event that he is linked to, is the Great Pilgrimage. And I was going to have it when he had went out and he just took swaths of people as he went through uh, towns and cities and people would follow him to the portal. All right. Yeah. So that actually kind of loops into what was uh, what I was thinking of. Did we all just do port- props to the portal? <laughs> actually, <laughs> no. But what I did was I left mine open to a lot of questions. So mine is uh, I, I just finished rereading Mark Kurlansky's Salt which is a great historical book all about salt and like its importance and use throughout history. It's a great book, would recommend it. But one thing that kept popping up frequently was the, the idea of a salt smuggler. 
And with the small, the salt smuggler, they're often seen as like folk heroes and they're, they're going through and they're giving these like necessary life-saving things, you know, behind the government's back because the government was essentially used salt as a tax because it was, everyone used it. And so they were like, okay, you're going to pay this much to use our government salt. And because, you know, oftentimes for poor people, that price was outrageous. You know, when you have people who are smuggling salt, they're seen as like, yeah, they, absolutely, they're heroes. And, you know, the French and the Chinese would often treat them as like, okay, we're going to hide you, just make sure you don't get caught, you know, and, you know, they, they take care of people. That is kind of the idea that I started with. And I also wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily religious and ne wasn't necessarily violent because I feel like everyone talks about the generals and the conquerors way too much. When you look at the really influential people, you see people who are philosophers, you see people who are academics. Those are the people who are really affecting the world. So my guy starts out as a salt smuggler and that, which is actually harder to say multiple times. Salt in a smuggler? Row. Yeah. Multiple times fast. But anyway, he starts out with that, that way. And then I had him kind of pivot to being a philosopher type, one who, you know, there's already religions based around all of the gods. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to do something that was a little bit different. And I thought about the idea, like this is a, a Socrates type or someone who is sent, or, or even in a, in a more broad sense, kind of like a, uh, uh, a Buddha figure, one who wanders the lands and sees a lot of the pain that the people are kind of suffering from specifically during this era, because of a lot of the God wars that are going on a lot of the war and strife that are going, because I mean, when you think about religious conflict, it's frequent and, and constant because, you know, belief is a really important and powerful thing. So what happens is this person sees, and right now all I have him kind of named as is the philosopher, because I'm not going to spend my time, you know, researching thinking. a name. And yeah, exactly. I don't need to do that yet. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, he's the philosopher in his idea is, hey, we should all kind of get together and not murder each other over different gods. Oh, he's going to be crucified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so that's the thing. Like, he's like, yeah. And, and he kind of breaks down the idea that, you know, all of this is doing is causing suffering. Like, we all acknowledge that the gods have power. And, you know, like, how can we, you know, like, he essentially believes in this kind of sublime pantheon this idea that all of the gods can coexist and, and, you know, still have the belief that they all do. And obviously this does not go well uh, because he starts proselytizing this idea, even though it's not a religion, it's more of like a, a philosophy in all gods created equal <laughs> more or less. Yeah. But basically he starts proselytizing this in the caliphate of feasts and famines. Again, does not go well mm. at all. But because he started out as a small assault smuggler, he has ways of like sneaking in, sneaking out, you know, no problem until uh, the heat gets so high that he's just going to be assassinated and taken off and like murdered. And just as he's about to do so, he sneaks away using one of his old salt smuggling techniques and, you know, disappears for years and then comes back years later up in the north, up in, um, I think I had it in, oh, uh, the, the council of law mm. because he's like, oh, well, of course, you know, like I can, 
of course I can preach here. You know, I can talk about the philosophy. Nothing he's doing is illegal. Is illegal, of <laughs> course. So he starts getting into it and he, he starts gathering a much larger following up in the north because it's, you know, he, he's not doing anything illegal. He's, he's preaching something that everyone can kind of understand, especially on a base level. Like poor people understand that this is fucked up what's happening to them. And he starts getting such a large following that the Council of Law starts creating laws to kind of make what he's doing illegal. So is he Socrates? Because I feel like so they're they just going like... to... Like, he's corrupting the yeah. youth. Kill him. More or less, but but not quite. Uh, they're, they're planning on like getting rid of him whatever po- in whatever way possible. Give him some hemlock. Exactly. It's fine, some, it's yeah. fine right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But but here's here's where it gets interesting for me because as a uh, as of to now, he's basically a Christ slash Socrates figure. You know that's that's cool. And then he calls as many followers as he can. He essentially asks for a pilgrimage uh, to a particular city, the largest that you can possibly gather. And then the day that it's supposed to happen, he doesn't show up. And he is, he is gone, and it causes a massive panic in the city. And so you have a bunch of, you know, like, people who are all gathered with one singular purpose, but their leader is gone. And so what happens then is there's a schism. Some people think that, the, he's, that he's been assassinated. Some people think that this was the plan. This Some is the people... true test of our faith. <clears throat> Not faith. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, conviction. Ah, so some go. people think that this is, you know, like, oh, well, he disappeared years ago when the heat was on. This is just a little bit different. But then he never shows up ever again. And he hasn't since then. And I like to think that... The second coming of Salt Socrates? <laughs> no, well, hold on. Because I like to think that there there are now splinter groups that, you know, and this is actually what what's interesting is that this kind of galvanizes the world or at least this region to where it's like, yeah, we probably should cool it on the God murder shit. And so that actually, it has an overall calming effect because it's, again, it's a populist message. It's a good idea. But then there's the mystery of what happens. And that's where factions kind of form. Some people believe that he went to the nation of uh, perfection uh, and becomes the first God pacted of perfection and, you know, sheds his name, but becomes this first perfect being. Other people believe that they he goes north to the frozen waste and goes to the portal. That's their kind of, like, way of, of getting out. And then other people believe still that he's been murdered and, you know, like, they take up arms and they are devoted to, you know, like, essentially equalizing things between those who are faithless and those who aren't. But that's the idea. That's the whole thing where it's like, okay, cool. You now have this mystery to be solved. And of course, just like real faith, I mean, it's a matter of your interpretation as to what happens. And I think that that's part of what we're kind of getting into here is like, that's the cool part of Mm -hmm. it. He actually just slipped in the bathtub. and I, I have no, I will tell you now, I have no true answer because that's way more fun. I mean, I have my personal answer, but I won't, I won't say that because. very personal. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I like that it gives rise to factions, for example, that would be out to eliminate him and what he stands for. Especially if we first like worked inside of the caliphate, they probably have various groups that are devoted to finding and stamping out his beliefs because they are opposed to 
they're gods, you know? Absolutely. Well, he's it's not strike him down. He's too or, popular. The, or revenge for what he did here. Yeah, because he's a, he's a problem for any religion that believes that their god is like either the one or the most superior. You know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's kind of what I was going for. And and again, my idea on a meta level was figuring out a way to solve the idea that religious wars would be constant until mm-hmm. the war Earth was salted. Essentially. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I like the metaphor for that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh. Salted. Hey, got him. Not even intentional this time, I swear. And there could have been, I mean, it's even possible that he's not just one person. Oh, yeah. He started out that way and he was killed, but now there's many people who take his mantle. Yeah. Spartacus kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, uh, what's his name? Dread Pirate Roberts. That's what I was thinking. Oh, shit. That was what I was going to say about the uh, (laughs) someone else going in, which if you would allow me, I can segue into my guy. Yeah. Also, well, just real quick, I, I was thinking like, oh, with uh, with your guy, like that's that's where he's like he was a he was a follower of this guy, and then saw his opportunity to take people north, mm-hmm. and then maybe that was maybe he was like a sleeper agent the whole time, mm-hmm. and this was always his plan is to bring people up to this weird portal thing. But maybe again, he's actually one of the forgotten things secretly that actually left the surface. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. also all kinds of possibilities. So before I go into my guy to touch back on the prophet of the portal, yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I wanted him known for is he began what is the only known translation of anything that is forgotten. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. And the fact that it's incomplete, even scholars or people who aren't necessarily like followers of this person or want to be, they're just like, there's ruins all over the place. I want to know, like, if I could learn a hundred words in that language, I would be able to uncover so much more. Like yeah, I mean, remember what Egyptology was like before Rosetta we Stone. had the yeah. Rosetta Stone. It was you could literally make stuff up because no one really knew. And then the Rosetta Stone came out, and it was oh god. I mean, it was such a game changer. I mean, there was a great little bit when it with um oh, what's his name? Are you about to bring up a certain religious Mormon. figure? Yeah, uh, where what what was his name? John, John Smith. Smith. Yeah. John Smith. Yeah, thank you, John Smith had like he i can translate yeah, these by like, looking through a hat yeah no he's like oh well, i can translate egyptian because god gave me the power because i'm the prophet yada 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 and then obviously years later when they retranslate it it's all bullshit because he never fucking learned whoa 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 i don't think they actually got their hands on the original golden plates well, i'm not talking about the golden plates oh just there was another bit about um some kind of egyptology shit that he said that oh these hieroglyphics mean this Oh. Yeah, it was not golden plate related. Okay. This is something okay. else entirely. Yeah. yeah. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, first of all, before you continue on, I love that idea of having a partial translation because it means that you could... And I also love the idea that the Forgotten's language is so it's incomprehensible mm-hmm. that it, even with a partial translation, you still don't have anything to work off of. It's still like, oh no, still no idea. Still is, have no is idea. Is that translation um, held by the people like where he is? I, I wanted to yeah. be whatever like part of the building that they made, like the spire or like tower that we had, part of it is this kind of marker where he chiseled his translation. Oh, so it's like his Rosetta Stone. His Rosetta Stone. That's a good I, reason for people to go to him. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's what I wanted. And in that sense, we also have the insidiousness of it. Just like, oh, yeah, no, here you go. Here's your right in the portal. And yeah, go back to your people <laughs> and tell them about the portal. Yes. 
All right, before we get on to yours, Chris, Daniel, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on your profit of the portal? Yeah. Because I feel like there is some conflict between you and Chris, and I want to I want to hash that out. Like, are these separate profits? False profit of the yeah, portal. like what kind of false profit shit are we dealing with? I, here? I oh, think wait, that they're back, aligned. You know, going like, back to the doppelganger, yeah. it's literally the same person it's, it's, at two right. different times. At two different yes. times, right? Like, because I like the idea that maybe he came, like Chris is saying, at some point to learn about the forgotten, but this led him oh. through the portal, and now he's come back as something else that has other intentions. I, I'm just picturing know? some historian in this fictional world yeah. thousands of years from now, just like, how. Okay, that doesn't make sense. There's no way he could have been at two places at the same exact time, and yet we have two credible accounts Uh of him being on separate continents. And it may have happened many times, too. Like, it could be that this, the new, the existing prophet in present day who's trying to, like, put, get people to come to the portal for whatever religion he's constructed, like, he's gone through this cycle many times. And so a lot of these things are happening over and over again in that place. So that such a historian would be like, why do these things keep repeating? Why does he keep writing about the same things? You know, those would be interesting problems. Is it almost like a weird Groundhog Day situation? I, it would be. It would be weird Time if maybe a like flat circle. he has to keep going through that portal, or people keep going through that portal. I don't know. There's something really interesting there, where it's like a day after tomorrow, or all you need is kill, or Groundhog mm-hmm. Day thing, where it's the same guy yep. living the same lifetime over and over again. Maybe that's the profit that we're dealing mm-hmm. with here, where it's like he's spending. Like it's. It's not like. It's not like he has godlike powers like Bill Murray and yeah. Groundhog Day because he's not like time still continues on, but his life like once he dies he just comes out of the portal. Yeah, again, yeah. you know. So he's like he's living a Groundhog Day, but without all of the you know like the godlike or even the awareness. But I like the idea. Of, at least my version of him is I like the idea that he sincerely believes in something and he's not aware yeah. of the trap he's in. You know, oh, it's Agreed. always great when yeah. you have a fervent believer. Yeah, because that. Totally Some con true. artist or anything that that's mm-hmm. a little bit hollow. But when you have someone who really believes in what they're doing, right. it, it's always better because then you have like all of these options. You can fall argue from with race, them, you know, yeah, crisis yeah. of faith, all of that. Mm-hmm. Where a con artist, you can always just be just like, eh, well, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think that there's something to that Groundhog Day shit. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, do. We want to run with this idea where like the prophet of the portal a cycle is is just stuck in a time loop yeah. and like he's like he there i'm sure that he's had a couple of lifetimes where he's like i don't know anymore and then he like the first thing he does is just like run off run out of the portal off a cliff and he's like <laughs> i can't take it and like loses uh-huh. his shit and then like six bodies later he's like okay this isn't going to mm-hmm. end let's sit down and figure out or that one time that where he runs out he's cushioned by his own bodies and he's just like Oh, fuck. Well, Actually, <laughs> that's horrifying. I mean, maybe the Forgotten don't allow that, though. No, no, no. Okay, no, no. Think about this, though. Mm-hmm. Think about running out and being like, I'm killing myself. You jump out and inst- like you, your own previous dead body mm-hmm. breaks your fall. And you're just sitting there in like a pile with like legs broken looking at the dead and decaying corpses of your previous lives. And in that moment, truth was spoken to me. No, I honestly, I think that's probably what happens that that happens to him at some point and it fucks him up so bad that he's, he's basically like, like looking, he's, he's on his back, looking backward at the previous corpses for hours before his followers are able to come down and get him. (laughs) 
And then they come and get him. They fix his legs up and he's just silent. And for some reason, like that galvanizes his belief Mm -hmm. and he's just changed from that on. Yeah. Like that is, that's when you go from like kind of a crazy person to like, oh, you're a monster now. Like you're completely, like that moment changes you. Well, this is literal alienation, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Right. And not in like, not in like the exile sense, Mm -hmm. but in Of the self. Yes. (laughs) Oh! Nothing quite like looking at the graying, dying eyes of your own body to galvanize the soul. <laughs> I have purpose. Oh, man. That's so fucked up. And oh, that's great. I love it. I love that a lot. Going back to generals and yes. such. Apologies, Christopher. Go right ahead. So, uh, don't know if this is stolen. Don't know if this is a word, but it's what my brain of mush decided to poop out. I'm excited. Uh, catharsis. The uh, that is her- a genuine word, yeah. sir. Damn it! <laughs> Catharsis, the heretic of flesh. Catharsis is like in- an interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just what it. Just take it. Do you know what catharsis means? I, I know what cathartic means, and I'm assuming if I poop this out somewhere in there, I do know deep down. Do you not tell Google to say it out loud. No, no, no. You're you're pronouncing it correctly. Oh I, shit! Yeah. No, I'm just like. <laughs> Catharsis is like... I mean, it works. Catharsis he has. The, the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Well, that's yeah. going to be a discussion for my therapist. Especially with the bits about flesh. Yeah. So let's were, take a walk talk- down my, yeah. my soul for a I moment. believe you're telling us about your mom. <laughs> so yeah, uh, she looks just like my mom and... <laughs> So it's it, weird. It, Her vagina keeps eating me. It's Jesus like this. Christ! No, <laughs> no, no, no! Edit there's, that out. There's uh, nothing Freudian about oh that. Jesus. Anyhow, I edit. You don't edit. <laughs> no, I, edit. I was talking to my brain. <laughs> um. So it is the what? reason he is a the reason they are a heretic. Uh, from the followers of the primordial flesh is the fact that they bend not only just flesh, but metal. And I don't mean that in the sense that they can warp metal. I mean, imagine if you had this, like, gauntlet or piece of skeletal armor that you're like, I don't need bones when I can just tell my flesh to forge around this and be the muscle around the metal. So you're creating cyborgs. Yeah, wait, wait, not done. (laughs) The other fact is it takes uh, the flesh and parts of other animals and everything where it can like build horn into making armor as well or uh ch- chitlin and other like chitin chitin thank you mm-hmm. uh going back to pronouncing things correctly <laughs> uh but one of the other things chitlins are delicious by mm-hmm. the way chitlins are very different but one of the things that i wanted to be a weapon when i was thinking of this person because they are a warrior slash general no no not that no you don't need to do hand gestures but do you know what a bombardier beetle is yeah that is a cannon that it has as an arm, essentially. All right, explain for the listener what a bombardier beetle is. So in this little beetle are chemicals that when they react inside the beetle, fire boiling hot chemicals that stick to you and burn you. And they're just not... 
I've never had one, but I've watched videos of them, and it's not a pleasant thing I could imagine happening yeah. to you. I mean, if if we've seen Starship Troopers, the giant oh, yeah. beetle that sprays down Izzy, that's basically a bombardier beetle, but like... These are a, real insects in the world? Yes. That is okay. a yes. real thing, yes. Stranger than Another fiction. Another reason not to go to Australia. <laughs> you know, well, uh, yeah, that and it's on fire. That's but kind of, yeah. To our Australian <laughs> listeners, too sorry. We, honestly, we hope you're doing well, guys. Be safe, yeah. like, really. Also, uh, there's also stuff like the little, what is it, the, the shrimp that shoots, like, pressurized air underwater. Oh, oh, oh uh, it's like a shrimp, shrimp that it can yeah. poke so fast it boils things. They have to have yeah. them in special aquariums because they break them. Yeah. yeah. Because it can <laughs> shoot gun arms. Guys, <laughs> guys, animals are cool, okay? <laughs> Nature is metal. It's true. It's but, true. Uh, yes, one of the things that uh, it has been seen as is in countless battles, people have claimed to have killed them, Uh it's been seen throughout several ages of time, and they're seen as almost an ill omen or an avatar of war. And I got the idea from uh, Berserk. Uh, I think his name is Zod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where he people are just like, no, 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 that, that's not a real person. That's not a real warrior. And it's just like, no, he is, and he's in the other army. And maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Uh, the other thing that I got from, I think in Warhammer, which I go back to, uh, I think there's a Tyranid called like one eye or something where people have claimed and gotten the body of killing it, but the Tyranids themselves regenerate it somewhere because it's just striking terror. When people see it, it's just like, oh shit, it's fucking that thing. But I also wanted to have the history of, to go back to Dredge pirate roberts is that maybe it's just the flesh shapers shaping one special warrior to look this way right to inspire fear but it's also heretical in the sense of going back to bending flesh and metal so okay so if if that's what makes it unique is the idea that it can bend metal as well how is it a how is it an honorific as opposed to just a, a particular being <laughs> Is there a particular bloodline or is there a particular fusion that we're talking about? Like, what are we working with here? So maybe it's an art that's passed on. Like, from... Like metal from, bending from, from yeah, yeah, Avatar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not to put on that. But in actuality... Yeah, I mean, that's more my brain went initially, uh, uh, so... Straight from the very beginning? When you said... when you Metal said bending? Metal, when you like, oh, it can warp metal as well I'm like oh metal bending yeah, got you it. see the metal is actually nothing but uh the distilled iron out, out of blood okay sure no it's not it's not this well from what based on what you explained it's more that the flesh is wrapping around and incorporating yeah these materials right yeah into it so it has like yeah, pre-built someone made this kind of thing and then it mm. fashions its flesh around it it's using the environment to create something new. Yeah. yeah. Itself, rather. So I just read, uh, I just finished reading um, Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. And this honestly reminds me in a really fucked up way of this thing that is, there are these things called white scientists who are basically just albino alchemists who create flesh monsters. Very similar to kind of what we're working with. And one tries to like, uh, he basically is the awful version of Spider-Man and he, the, the venom, the, no <laughs> worse. Carnage. Uh, yeah, worse. Uh, the character basically, Riot. <laughs> Oh God, we keep going <laughs> we're, getting deep. we're getting real deep. No, but, um, what happens is he's trying, he's experimenting on, on spiders. He does, he says, Oh, I made a web. And then he gets laughed at 
and tries to commit suicide by drinking all of the alchemical reagents. Oh, bad idea. He then transforms into a horrible man spider. And then when the character finds him, he is literally swinging from tree to tree and he's ejaculating out the spider web. And it's like, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you mean he's literally ejaculating? Literally it? ejaculating it out, Shouldn't yes. Shouldn't he be pooping it? Yeah. You would think so. Could you think of any other it, place to shoot it from? No. <laughs> Look, it's, I would, again, would recommend this book. D- this is just one instance of horror in this particular scene. I'm going to see if this is an audiobook because yeah. I want to listen to a famous person describe that. Uh, get ready. Because, man. Stick with the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> some more anodyne. Uh, so, people, like, when the, when the media push for this particular book came out, it was. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. It was initially marketed as African Game of Thrones. And. Um, Again, there's a lot of great African mythology that's baked into it, and it's fantastic. This one part, though, who oh boy? Uh, but but no, they were like, oh yeah, this is going to be turned into a movie or a, or a, or a <laughs> yeah. TV series. And all I'm thinking throughout a lot of this is like, like forty no, second scene of not that just part. Like, oh no, that's the thing. He's not even he, like he's no. There's no pleasure out of it. It it just so happens that his spider web comes out of his dick. Literally comes out of his dick. But anyway, we're we're getting way too far off topic. Wow. I just needed to express that. No, that's something you should have shared. I flesh understand shapers, that. Flesh shapers, flesh shapers. That's what I'm just thinking now. It's like, uh-huh. okay, that's it. He's got a big old arm cannon. I, inherently, I don't want <laughs> the flesh shapers to have spiders because then I would be afraid of them. But you know, if someone else wants to take up the mantle of adding spiders, go ahead. I just when Chris my brain like, goes there, I'm, ju- I'm just like, no. You you give that thing like the spider hair on its arm, and already I'm just like, ew. Yeah, oh yeah. But oddly enough, all of the thing of flesh cracking bones going into this metal no suit. No problem for like, you. Yeah, it's so cool. You, you weren't into like the Queen of Blades at all? The whole Starcraft stuff? No, that's no? fine. She's kind of spidery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a, a, a weirder thing Chris that once like, again we can I'm talk at my therapist. I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> Chris has dreams where Sarah Kerrigan has his mom's face. Oh no, I do legs. not. Oh my god. <laughs> god. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. So, so that's uh, again. We're we're getting super off topic, but I actually really appreciate that idea, Chris. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, I think that we'd have to kind of figure out because because. My brain is also going to. I love the idea of an honorific. I love. I also just prefer. I think that this thing is old and they keep pushing it out. It's like covered in scars. I don't like the idea that it's an honorific. I like the idea that it's just one singular thing. Well, that's a thing. People have theories. It was just like, it, it can't be the same person. Uh, we have recorded in our history that it was killed. It's mounted up on the wall. We captured it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, I like the idea of it being an art too, always the process of making it. Yeah. yeah like, that speaks cool. to culture, which is something that lasts over time. And totally. Historical. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, who wants to go next? Um, All right. I think so, I, well, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, then. I mean, technically, I did my two, but yeah, yeah. So I'll, I know that's what that's no, what I was saying. No, it's good. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Um, getting away from the giant flesh beast with <laughs> the the dick cannon. It doesn't um, have a dick cannon. Once again, that's no in dick your cannon. Head cannon. I was going to say, I'm going to keep in saying that every now and then so you cannot edit it out. Oh, how's it shooting that net at us? No, don't. <laughs> don't. 
That's like a double entendre there. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, literally shooting yeah, rope. Yeah. Head literally. Sh- oh, head cannon yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that, yeah. Daniel. All right. <laughs> let's let's move away from the flesh beasts. I want to talk about my character, who is um, uh, modeled part uh, in part around a real person. Booker T. No. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, it, look, if you invoke the name of five time, five time, five time, five time, five time world champion Booker T, I expect a spin rooney out of you at the very least. <laughs> Daniel has no idea what's going on. Chris and I are in the know. But anyway, no, my, my real person, do you know who uh, Tamiris is of Scythia? Is this somehow based around Rome or Carthage? No. All right, then no. Okay. Tamiris of Scythia was a badass warrior lady, obviously from Scythia, who uh, Kyrus the Second or Kyrus the Great, uh, who was... Um, he was this Greek. No. No? Okay. Uh, Britain. Greek adjacent, okay. but not Greek. Uh, Kyrus the Great was a very powerful, very uh, famous king of the time. He has several important and successful wars that he wages. And then he constantly wants to get into Tamiris' bed. She's like, nah, I'm too much for you. Continues on. And then one day she's like, all right, I'll have the D. Come on over. We're going to drink a whole bunch. And they get so drunk. And then obviously the coup happens where she literally cuts off his head. And like, is she is then known as like, you know, like the king killer from then on. Oh, here Super, I thought they would find love. No, not at all. Super badass warrior lady. Expectations were subverted. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> da- Daniel is still on a kick because he's just seen uh, the last Star Wars movie, which he did not like. But <laughs> as you guess, we're we're gonna we're going to talk about good things like the Mandalorian at some y- point. Yeah, we kind of forgot how things were supposed to have sense, <laughs> like in the Mandalorian. <laughs> but anyway, so so in my brain, right, there's this super badass warrior lady who is a combination of Tamiris of Scythia and Alexander the Great, and I put her directly into um, not the Caliphate of feasts and famines, no. I put her as the empress or the queen of the God of Hunger Mm. because I wanted to do like pre-first divine coalescence, right? I wanted it to be like pre-history in a kind of sense, right? Where this was just like, she is the one who essentially united the world or at least this region in a lot of ways, because she's the conqueror. She's the one who creates the first, uh, the basis for what would be the caliphate of feasts and famine and starts to unite everything. And then she is the one who tragically falls to allow the divine coalescence to happen. Hmm. She understands that, or, or rather she, she is the endless hunger. She is the, the literal devourer of worlds so she's the first person to really she's she's a Genghis Khan she's a Tamiris she's like a, a badass conqueror lady and then she just dies right before the divine coalescence happens and in fact it is her death that sparks and and kind of gets the idea of the divine coalescence to be necessary on the table mm. 
She's like a major historical figure then. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the point, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. we were all no, supposed to be cool. doing yeah, yeah, no. No, no. I, I, that's I why like, I like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, uh, for some of these, I could see holidays and tradition. Mm-hmm. But like, say, it, I don't know in your history if uh, if she still beheaded someone or did what you were yeah, doing the basis. Yeah, who did in the beginning? I'm thinking that instead of because I want the the eater title and I want her to be like a follower of the god of hunger. She someone's god. Uh, I wasn't gonna say that, but yes, that is now what happened because that's way cooler. I was gonna be like she just ate like people, but no, 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 someone's no, actual god. Thing. Like I want her to now have eaten a god heart. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of god heart. I don't know it where edible. it came from. Uh, yeah. It could be an apple. It was, Maybe it was in someone. It was edible enough. Yes, Ew. exactly. Or it could have been like a bone or marrow mm-hmm. or something. But that's what happened. Yeah, she ate a god heart and that makes her even cooler now. I think that's pretty freaking cool. God damn it, Daniel. This is what we missed from you. Although we did have Wine Cowboys last episode and that was I really cool. I can't wait to listen to those two episodes. You really need to listen. Skip the first one. The second one's way cooler. No, I'm kidding. It if was we a good play in that too. world, I want to be a wine roughneck. Yeah, totally. Yes. Wine Cowboys? I like this. It, it, like, it's it what you ship it. Creme de mist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I like that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, any other questions about... I the, I mean, she's pretty cool. She, I'm going to call her the God Eater now because yeah. she literally had a God heart. So yeah, that's, that's fucking I also like that The God kinda, Stomach, no. no. That's dumb. <laughs> I like that she kind of like is the precursor Colossians itself, like as a concept. Yeah. 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 Oh. Mm. Or I mean, I guess the practice of doing that yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, an yeah. empire, you know. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We I'll, I'll have to think about this off camera, but like, but, yeah. yeah. The eating did not kill her. No. Oh, but it made her, I'm guessing. It just it, it had to have some effect. Um, I don't know. Maybe she or, inherited some of its power. But yeah. also, once oh. again, I, I always like in books or fantasy where part of it is also the rumor that people yeah. build upon. It's just like, she's unstoppable. She ate a god heart. Oh, she's immortal. Yeah. yeah, no, she's she's immortal because she ate the god heart. And then obviously it didn't work out yeah. that way. <laughs> you know, uh, what is it? Braveheart. Uh shit lightning bolts and must be seven feet tall oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay but I, I love oh man that's that eating a god heart is so fucking cool like something about that it's like it i seems didn't so just wrong. destroy so yeah. no. calories though yeah it's like deeply blasphemous and <laughs> apocryphal and it's like oh yeah oh it's so cool oh yes okay 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 it's like her fuck you moment essentially ba- basically yeah. yeah uh not only that but i mean like I guess back in the day, you need to kill God. I mean, you need to kill kings in order to get like a, a rep. In this one, it's like, nah, you got to kill gods. Like, that, I, I guess that's. I guess that makes sense because you got to escalate it, right? And yeah. if she did it enough, I feel like that would be the history behind. No, we imprison them. Oh, mm-hmm. so I was just thinking yeah, I, one time, but like the idea yeah, she that does it all the time. No, she's she, doing it multiple times. Totally oh, makes sense. Yeah, that makes her really scary to like every other culture. Oh, yeah, she's like the Scourge of God type shit, like Temujin used to be called, Genghis Khan. Um, You guys need to read more books. You could say that we JJ'd it up. I'll have you know I am currently watching Marco Polo, so I do get some of what you're saying. Oh, no. Do they talk about about his niece at all? Uh, Is that the one that wrestles someone? Yeah! Yeah! Oh, man. Okay, his niece is also super cool and like won't, like, refuses to marry anyone who can't out-wrestle her and she is unmarried up until she dies because no one can beat her at wrestling. It's like, 
Oh, again, real person. This is a real person. So cool. Really good wrestler. Yeah. History is full of super cool people, you guys. Come on. You just got to read books. Anyway. We're not history Or watch books. Marco You Polo. should be. Just read books. <laughs> there or, are no. other books that can read besides history. Yeah, but they're not as interesting. <laughs> anyway. History books just take all of the coolest parts from hist- from all of history and distill them into like various bite-sized bits. The only problem is the authors who have a tedious writing style. That's why you skip those motherfuckers <laughs> and you find the good shit. Like Mark Kurlansky. You know, listen to a fucking Dan Carlin podcast. For I, fuck's yeah. sake. Those are good. I like listening to the modern history ones that talk about conspiracy theories. That's not modern history. It is modern it history. It's not modern history. It you is. Son of a bitch. All right, uh, that was okay. That's the. Let me right. tell you about the Iran Contra deal, Daniel. Why don't you go ahead and tell <laughs> us about our final historical figure of the night? Please go right ahead. So get I us need, away from Iran Contra. <laughs> I need a little bit of it's re- topical, damn it. Of reminding of I remember in the Frozen North again, which is one of my favorite places. Really, you've been Frozen North twice. Yeah, okay. Um, Doubling down. Wasn't it an area where there's not really influence of the gods as much? I we believe had spoken that there was a that. void of a godness. A void of gods. Okay. Yeah, I think so that was established. Worked. Okay. So I had. I was thinking about the anathema that the anathemas that are out there that people mm-hmm. are hunt that people hunt. We had this Viking yeah. culture that's out there. So I thought, well, what binds the Viking people together? And I thought perhaps. Ooh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> and now it says also influenced by the Mandalorian here. To be fair, but I thought perhaps the there good is part of the Star Wars stuff. That's the only good now. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Is that okay? That's not true. The original trilogy still <laughs> well, exists. Besides the OT, of yeah. course. Um, so I'm thinking perhaps there is a figure who came to the frozen wastes and who was God pacted at some point, and who for whatever reason lost her um, connection to her gods. And so only a piece of that power is still left with her. But she hunts the, her people hunt the anathemas to take pieces of them to reclaim the god bits that are in them. Hmm. Oh, so she believes, and her people probably Mm -hmm. believe that the anathema are what stops the god, like what stops the magic from existing in the frozen north. Right. And that's why they hunt them. Yeah, and so they like they like take pieces out of them and fashion them into their weapons. I was about such. to say if you that yeah. you have to yeah, make of course. like the Mandalorian, like they make the Mandalorian kind of, kind of stuff. stuff. So, yeah, so yeah. not only so it's a religious like mm-hmm. experience to hunt them down. Yeah. as well, that's that's super. And cool. her role as a caretaker passes on from one to the next. You're also you're a huge Star Wars fan. I'm, I'm assuming. Like so, so the whole no, uh, that's not true. He I only likes the original thing. trilogy <laughs> and the Mandalorian. So in terms of quantity, he only. Likes but about but less, going back likes three, to, to yeah, legends yeah. and such yes, with the Mandalorian like riding those, uh, yeah. the lizards. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean from the Star Wars Christmas special? Including the, I, I prefer the Star Wars <laughs> Christmas special to the entire new Disney trilogy. We can't, just to be clear. We can't get into just this so thing. we can be clear about we that. We can't get into. This. I'd rather watch that again. Uh, to be fair, I did. I think I found a bit of it on YouTube, and it was actually it was horribly entertaining. It's great. Uh, it really it, it so here's the thing. It's like watching goblins. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, here's the thing. Yeah, it drags if you watch really it long. all in one shot. Yeah. It drags yeah. so, because not only that, it gets boring mm-hmm. after like okay. But I don't the cooking care. scene that's like the best with part. B. Arthur. The, yeah, the, the comedian is in the cooking thing. B. Arthur was okay. It was great. It was so no, great. but it oh, no. You take that back about B. Arthur. <laughs> That she is always great. She's the best thing about Golden Girls. There's more drama in that scene than the entirety of the Disney trilogy. 
That just is to, just so you understand Daniel, my position. Okay, what else can we talk about about <laughs> I, the lady in the waist? Can we please? <laughs> so, so like I, I think just watch more movies with Daniel in general because he shits on them so you hard. Don't though, because he, you're like, oh, Daniel, let's watch this amazing movie that I love, and he'll be like, this should, this is shit, and then you're like, oh, I just want to punch you now, Daniel. <laughs> So this it makes woman me feel something. <laughs> yeah, at least I make you feel hate more than the emperor did in these new movies. Oh, Jesus, no. Jesus Christ, Daniel. <laughs> no, now this woman. I'm thinking, you know, it, it, it could. I, I liked for some reason. I'm drawn to it being a woman in particular, but I guess the caretaker role could move on to whomever serves that particular cultural role Fair of uniting the people. Kind of like the blacksmith of Mandalorian. Exactly. So I kind of like that because, um, you know, it subverts expectations. But um, it could be it could be a different gender, of course. Sure. Of course. Yeah. But but let's talk about the specific one that yes. started it. Oh, it historically. Was, uh, oh, yeah. Historically. Yeah. Yes. So I, I for some reason, I think it's important that she was God-pacted and was connected to a particular God and then lost that. And so whether it's because maybe she was taken as a slave or, or captured and they shipwrecked in the North. And so she had to kind of reclaim oh, her faith. So she's basically a foreigner as well. Yeah. I don't okay. think she's from the North. I think that she ended up there and she encountered these creatures and saw that in them there is fragments of gods. Do you guys know about the Samanosuke, the black samurai of Japan? I've heard. Of, yeah. I've yeah. actually like glanced at a wiki page of this. So, yeah, that was a thing that happened. There was, like, a legit African guy from Africa, black-skinned, ends up in Japan, and becomes a samurai. And it's like, that's in my brain. That's the type of shit that's happening Maybe it's connected to your And then he went after a headband for the number one spot. Oh, my God. That was a cowboy. That was a cowboy. What are you talking about? Uh, I hate, hate I myself. Hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I, Daniel makes me feel hate. I, you make me feel hate towards you specifically. Together we can destroy yeah, the empire. Yeah. You are a black hole of hatred and agony. I hate you both. Together we can be more powerful than they possibly imagined. You can well, be more powerful than the, dis- than the Disney the trilogy. trilogy combined. Listen, it's the rule of two. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I fucking hate you both. And that's where we're going to end the podcast. No, no, wait, wait. The one, the one last thing I was going to say is perhaps she's connected to her background. The very first one is somehow connected to your empress. How so? In the sense that she, what she seems to be doing in the frozen north is taking bits of other things and consuming them into her own culture. And that's what the empress initially did. Is she ate another god. Interesting. So maybe her practice is in some way derived to that same philosophy. Or at least they knew about that. Yeah. Like they had that idea in their mind oh, before that happened. Right. Okay. Uh, this person is the Kubla to his uh, Genghis. Genghis. I actually thought I was saying that and that is what came out. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. But, although Kubla sucked, just so we're clear. Um, Kubla sucks way harder than Genghis did. Yeah. Yeah, this person didn't start an empire. They still accomplished. The, <laughs> Kubla accomplished more than I ever will. You don't hate on Kubla. I will. I will hate on Kubla. No, okay. Wait. Fine, one fine, last fine. thing can, that I need we, to say. Can we? Can we make it? I, I actually. 
I want it to be similar yeah. in that there's influence there. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to necessarily not one to be one. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. I don't well, want it's more like, like she knows about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that she, her knowing about it right. makes a lot more sense than mm. her being being descended in any way. No, no, not even yeah. de- descended. I don't even want her from the same country. Yeah, I want yeah. it from like different. I just like the idea that's like an, an old mythological thing that was done by this really powerful character. Oh, and she's like, oh, maybe because we have our we culture. should we should have it be something like um, the God of the Forge who are. Now the oh. Empire of Embers, because their whole power is rebirth and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So the idea that she can take that tenant, yeah. take that idea, and then mm-hmm. bring it up north is like, oh, I'm rebirthing this yeah. nation, et cetera, et cetera. And literally with those cap- creatures she's capturing and taking. And yeah. Yeah, 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 Anathema yeah. hunters, I think mm-hmm. we spoke at one point, either it was the Bank of Death or these people. Someone was eating them. Oh, someone was eating yeah, the anathema. Oh, no, 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 it was, was it, was it ben- in caliphate? It was it was the caliphate because it was like this is the, it's a rare exotic thing. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah. the exotic thing, and again, feast mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Like going that. back, yeah. they got to do something. Those hunters. So maybe they but, got that practice from what she does. I mean, yeah. you ha- yeah, you like, bring one who's a cook. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then, and then you see like the cultural influence go from mm-hmm. like middle south up to the north and then trickles down to the south again yeah. but it's like all th- it's like all a fucked up game of telephone type thing right. yeah it's like you weren't supposed to eat them you're supposed to forge them <laughs> and, and again that would make sense because the god of the, the god of the forge the, the god of the forge like if she carries the tenet of rebirth mm-hmm. and forging stuff again yeah that totally makes sense right okay cool all right, folks, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, I think it's been a pretty successful episode. Daniel, we're happy to have you back. Uh, Star Wars hate and all. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not a Star Wars fan, that's but that's fine. Um, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> anyway. I'm really not. <laughs> at this point, no. You hate more than you like. It's true. Yeah. It's true. All right, so uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, if you want to, you know, send a death threat at Daniel for hating Star Wars as much as he does. Please do. Please go ahead and send that to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. If you have any questions or if you want to send anything to us, just let us know. I mean, we're always open. Uh, Just remember that have a good week. We love you very much and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.